Praise yeah. the Lord. Praise God. Perfected praise. So we're going to look at the word today from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 21, verses 12 through to 16. Praise be to God. Matthew, chapter 21, verses 12 through to 16, which was read so well by um, Brother Chris Williams earlier. And I'll begin. And Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all of them that sold and brought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves and said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called the house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. And when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David. They were sore displeased and said unto him, Hearest thou what thee say? And Jesus says unto them, Yes, have you never read out of the mouth of babes and sucklings you have perfected praise? Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Perfected praise. Hallelujah. Out of the mouth of babes and out of the mouth of sucklings, you have perfected praise. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. The context of what what we see here in the scripture is that Jesus had just arrived in Jerusalem in the beginning of the Gospel of Matthew chapter 21. And when Jesus was, had arrived in Jerusalem, he arrived on an ass and there was a cult which had all the clothes on it. People were throwing their garments onto the ground before Christ and praising him, and welcoming him, and crying out, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. Amen. The people was crying out, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna um, in the highest. And then when Jesus came, the first thing, Uh, that he did was that he enters into the temple and that's where we begin with the scripture today and Jesus came to the temple and when he came to the temple he sees at the temple um, men that were um, changing money and men that were selling doves amongst of a merchandise and the word says that Jesus oh, threw over these temples threw over these tables sorry 
He threw over the tables. And in another gospel, it says that Jesus actually put together a little whip out of reeds and he hit them. He beat them. He threw down their tables. He chucked their money. He beat them. And he threw them out of God's temple. Amen. Um, then he then he proclaims what the word of God said when it says, my house shall be called the house of prayer. Amen. But you, referring to the priests and the Sadducees and the scribes, you have made it a den of thieves. This was closely followed by the blind, the lame, all of the vulnerable coming into the temple now with Jesus and the word says that Jesus healed them. Once Jesus healed them, the children were praising him and crying Hosanna to the son of David. And what the word says is that the chief priests, the chief priests, the men that are given uh, charge of the temple, they were not happy. They were displeased. And they turned to Jesus and they said to Jesus, can't you hear what these children are saying? Basically, that's what they said. Don't you hear what these kids, children are saying? Because really and truly, as far as they're concerned, these children should be seen and not heard. Yeah. So they're saying, can you not hear what these children are saying? And Jesus just quoted a scripture where he, where he repeats and it says, out of the mouth of babes and suckling, yes, you have perfected praise. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. The word I'm going to bring today is called perfected praise. And there's three sections I'm going to touch on. The first is called the need for correction. The second is the problem of prejudice. And the third is perfected praise. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, there is not much that has changed with the temple that Jesus came to in Jerusalem at that time and the places of worship today. You know, when you read the scriptures, and I remember when I was learning, to, the, going through my studies as a, uh, to become a, a minister, to get master certified, and do my training, ministerial training, there was one point that resonated to me and impacted me throughout the whole entire course, which took over a year to do. And it was that the a minister's main duty is to be faithful to God. Amen? A minister's mm-hmm. main duty is to remain faithful uh, to God. Mm-hmm. Because when a minister or those he's put, who God has put in position over his house are faithful to God, then everything else should fall in line. You know, when you're, you're, you're faithful to God, then you should be also 
loving your neighbor as you love yourself because that's what God says. Hallelujah. When you're faithful to God, you should be preaching and practicing the word of God. Hallelujah. When you look at how the early church affected the world in the book of Acts, you know, one, there was one moment when they were looking, and when I say they, it was like the governors of, of a region were looking for the, the apostles, and they said they're looking for those, they were looking, and they would say they were looking for those who have turned this world upside down. Yeah, that's how they described them. They said, they, they, when they, when, and when they, 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 their underlings knew where they was, they said, oh, they, those people who have turned the world upside down have now come to our city. Hmm? That's how the world, when the word of God is preached and people are being changed, and we've seen in church history where there have been major regions in the world, like in Scotland and in Wales, and a lot in this country, you know, there's been many powerful revivals um, in this country where the whole city turns to God and the pubs are emptied and the clubs are emptied, right? And, and the places where they do whoredom are emptied. People are coming into the church and just crying and weeping and giving their life to the Lord. And then, and it bemoozes the elite, and that's why they said of the early church, here they are, these people, the people that have turned the world upside down, and now they've come into our town. But the whole point is that this: when what Jesus saw there with this church, with the with the temple, was that it was had fallen well short of its mark. Hallelujah. It had fallen well short of its mark to the point where it had become a, a place just for the elites. It had become a place just for the academically um, bright, hmm? those who had no problems, those who were rich. Eh? It would become a place of that type of worship, of natural things. Hmm? But when the, the, the minister or the man or woman that God has placed to lead his body, amen, his, little fe his fellowship, which is the church, amen, preaches the word, then the people become edified and totally transformed. The Bible says in Romans 10 verse 17 that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And I believe that, I believe that word with all my heart. Hallelujah. I believe the word with all my heart, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hallelujah. Because the word of God is what, with the word of God spoken by faith, which is the spirit of God, is what actually convicts the soul in men. And it's that what awakens the soul that is dead to God and makes it become awakened to God and, you know, Theologically, they call that godly sorrow. Hmm? When someone who is completely blinded by the world suddenly realizes 
that Christ is real and they need Jesus Christ. It produces godly sorrow. It makes them repentful. It makes them remorseful. It makes them want to change. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And, you know, it's so important that the church preaches the word of God so that the word can truly change people because the word, um, the Bible says that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction and for instruction in righteousness. Amen. Hallelujah. So the whole of scripture from Genesis right through to Revelation is given by God. Hallelujah. For doctrine, for correction, for reproof, for instruction. Hallelujah. In righteousness. Praise be to God. It reminds me once, you know, and I've, I've shared this testimony before in this line, where we were, we were part of a prison ministry for an, a couple of years in London, and it was a men's, a men's prison. And, you know, going to this place, the Holy Spirit convicted myself and my small team. I had a small team of brothers, about four of us, and we would, um, you know, we'd pray in our time, in our own space, in our own environment, leading up to the Sunday morning when we, when we would go to the prison. And the Holy Spirit convicted me, and I never had a lot of time to preach. I literally would be given like 15 minutes in the, uh, to do it, because everything was done by time in the prison. And the Holy Spirit just virtually just gave me scriptures to just speak. Yeah? Just scriptures to, to, to speak. Scriptures about the blood, scriptures about the cross, and it may not have made sense. And you know, and to, to some people, it might have looked like, mm, what kind of sermon is this? And I just stood and I spoke the scriptures and I spoke about the blood and I spoke about the cross and preached it with all my heart in the prison. And you know, the the. Uh, the the whole well the first miracle that I call it a miracle that happened was the whole of the chapel was rammed full. Mm. So the chaplain who was there said they've never seen it so full on a Sunday. They don't know why all these people, all the men, decided to come to hear service on a Sunday. They said normally it was about half full. There's spaces. Now it was completely full the chapel. So that was the first sign that God was doing something because he was drawing these men by his spirit to hear what he was going to speak. Amen. Amen. These were men who probably in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, some big men in there, yeah, who um, probably have been running from God all their lives. Yeah. So God now that's ministered to myself, my team, we had to just preach these scriptures, preach the blood, preach the cross. And we preached it, and they had about 200 men give their life to the Lord. Wow. Praise God. In that city. And not only that, but also the prison wardens and the couple of police that was there gave their, went to the chaplain afterwards and gave their life to the Lord. Amen. Praise be to God. So when the, the you know God says and Jesus says that 
that his house should be a house of prayer. But so many people have made it now a den of thieves where the church has become nothing more than business. Hmm? And got people are in positions in the church today and all they're thinking about is the bottom line. All their, their motivation is uh, the material, what they can physically see what they can physically tangibly put their hands on. And it's no longer about the souls. And it's no longer so much about developing people to, to, to be Christ-like. Amen? And that's why when Jesus came to the temple, he reacted in what is theologically called righteous indignation or righteous anger. Mm? He was well within his rights. That's why no one could argue with him. He beat, he whipped these men who were selling, ch changing money. Uh? He whipped them, he threw down their money, he threw out the doves that they were selling. All of these things have become carnal. And we can see that in many um, houses where God wants to have his present today, we have become um, short-changed. And many are just selling this and selling that and doing this and doing that. All distractions from the one true living God. Praise be to God. So there is a need for correction in the church. There's a need for correction in the body of saints. Amen. There's a need for this correction to make sure that the heart is right with God. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. But also, when Jesus came, this scripture also showed that there was a, there's a problem of prejudice amongst um, God's people. There's a problem of prejudice. This is the second point. Because after, you see in the word, after the temple had been made clean, you know, that's the word the, the writer says, you know, when Jesus threw them out, yeah, and um, Jesus had thrown them all out of there. The, the, he says that the temple was made clean. Mm. Hmm? And then when it was there and he, Jesus threw them out, the, the children, the children and the lame, the, right, the, the, the writer says, the children and the lame are the ones who followed Jesus into the temple. So these people, the children and the lame, were outside of the temple before. To show you how far the temple had fallen from where it ought to be. Those who needed to, to hear and be in the presence of God, even the most, were outside. So the word says that the children and the lame, suddenly they came inside of the temple. These are the people that are never really considered these are the people that are never part of the equation they're never sitting around the table they are who we would call the voiceless but i'm here to say today that jesus is a voice for the whole voiceless hallelujah jesus is that voice for the oppressed hallelujah jesus is a voice for those who are the most vulnerable those who are depending on us 
who ought to know and do better. Hallelujah. But the, the many people have become so blinded by the veil of darkness in the world that their, their so-called righteousness is actually as, as, as filthy rags before the Lord. When you look at the world today and you've considered the vulnerable, and you, then, you, then you, you, you line it up with the saints, the, the church, and how we ought to be in this world. It says that the children came to Jesus in the temple, and he healed them. Yeah? The blind and the lame, he healed them in the temple. Hallelujah. That's what God wants to do. Hallelujah. That's the God that we serve, praise be to God. He is a healing, wonderful God, hallelujah. But the, the place where God wants to meet his people has become, needs a correction. Hmm? You know, when you look in the world today, you see there's so much evil, there's so much wickedness, there's so much that's carrying people down. There's so much that is grieving the Holy Spirit in the world today, just same way how these money changers and sellers of doves was grieving Jesus when he came to the temple. And it's almost as if we are blinded towards it. We don't care. We don't consider it. They are voiceless. They don't, they don't matter when they should matter to the church. Hmm? It should matter to the church. When you look at even, like, say, mental health in this country, um, there's a web, uh, there's a foundation called the Mental Health Foundation, and these figures I'm quoting is from their own website, their national body, right? That um, 37% of all homelessness in the UK is from the black and minority ethnic community. Even though we know the black and minority ethnic community doesn't make up more than 11% of the UK. And the black is less than 4% of the UK. But it makes up 37% of all homelessness in the UK. This, this is saying something about something in the community of the, these vulnerable groups that is, is being um, are made voiceless. No one's mm. looking towards. No one's caring yeah, about it. Mm. When you look at suicide in the suicide rates in the UK, the, it says that the white population account for the highest rate of suicidal thoughts. Remember hear what I'm saying? Suicidal thoughts. But the highest rate of actual suicide in the UK is black men. Mm. Yeah. So even though the highest rate of suicidal thoughts as recorded officially is the white population, the highest rate of actual suicide in the UK is young black men. This, this is government statistics. So this tells me that there are vulnerable groups and vulnerable people who no one is listening to. No one is caring about anymore. They're just like the blind and the lame in the text today who were outside, but the church looked big and the church looked rosy and the building and all the scribes must have been in the big flowing gowns. 
yeah, business as usual. And that's why Jesus had to come and give them that rod of correction. Hallelujah. And he had to give them that little rod of correction and say to them that my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. There's a problem of prejudice. This problem of prejudice is the same today as it, the same then as it was today. But I'm telling you, when you come to Jesus, there's no room for prejudice. Amen. When you come for Christ, hallelujah, there's no room for prejudice, hallelujah. Amen. Every valley shall be filled, hallelujah. Every mountain, the word says, shall be made low. The crooked shall be made straight, and the rough way shall be made smooth, hallelujah. There is no room for prejudice. The every, so regardless if you're rich or you're poor, regardless if you're light, if you're dark, regardless if you're male, if you're female, everything gets evened out and is on the same level playing through before Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Everything gets evened out. Even the, the Apostle Peter had to learn the hard way in the book of Acts when there was a man who was called Cornelius, who was a Roman, and he had a dream. And then the, he was sent to, to meet Peter. And the Bible says that God gave Peter a vision. Now, when you read the scripture, and this is where many people get um, mistaken, when you read the scripture, when you read the Gospels, when God came on earth as Jesus Christ, he came, to, he came first for the house of Israel. But God's whole agenda, God's whole plan was for the entire world. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Because the word of God had to be fulfilled. Yeah. That his prophet, that his priest, the high priest, would have to be rejected by his very own, who says the house of Israel, first of all. So God had to come to the house of Israel first, so they can reject him, which is what they did. And the, initially, the, the apostles, like Peter and James, they were preaching in their own region, Jerusalem and round about those areas. And it was Paul who was once called Saul. It was Paul who really pushed and went and brought the gospel further out. And then when the, after three years of Paul's preaching, the, uh, the, older, the other apostles started going out. But at first, they were preaching just as when Jesus was, preaching just to Jews to become saved. Hmm? So when um, Jesus had to teach Peter a lesson that he is not a God of prejudice, right? Because they were still practicing prejudice. Even when the Jews were becoming saved, they were still practicing. If you read the New Testament, you will see a lot of them were still practicing prejudice against the Gentiles. They, instead of saying that we are all now one under Christ, they were saying to the Gentiles, now you have to be circumcised, 
No, you've got to practice this. No, you've got to practice that. Yeah? Corrupting the teaching of God. And when God had to show Peter a vision, and in the vision there was a mat or, or, or a blanket or carpet, and it was in the sky, and as it came down, on it was all um, the unclean animals that is written in Leviticus. Yeah? So it was like hoofed animals, snakes, all kinds of un animals which God had forbidden these people to eat. And the voice of God spoke to Peter and said to him, Peter, rise, kill, and eat. And Peter said, no, Lord, why should I, I can't eat any unclean thing. You know I can't eat any unclean thing. And, G and the word of God, Jesus said to him, do not call anything that I have made clean, unclean. Yeah. Amen. And what this was to prepare um, Peter mentally for was for when he was going to meet this Roman called Cornelius who had the vision of an angel speaking to him to go to them so that his whole household could be saved. Mm -hmm. And when Peter realized what God was saying to him, he rejoiced and he mm -hmm. proclaimed that, you know, God, this, the gospel message is for them as much as it is for us. Yeah. And when the message was preached to Cornelius, they praised God and they were praising God in tongues as evidence to the Jews like Peter that God truly has touched these people who they before would have called unclean. So there's no prejudice. There's no prejudice with Jesus. And this prejudice goes deep. Prejudice can be um, on culture. It can be on based on finance. It can be on many different things that anybody will use to make um, a child of God think that they are superior to somebody else. There's no prejudice. Jesus came into the temple with the lame and the blind followed him and he healed them all, the word says. And the word goes on to say that the children were so happy that they praised God in the temple. It's probably the first time that temple heard praises of, that was so genuine. Probably the first time in the years that temple heard praises that was genuine. But the, the, this brings me to my last point of perfected praise. And we're going to focus on verse 16 where it says, These men go to Jesus and they are said to him, Do you not hear what these say? And Jesus says, Have yes, have you never read? Out of the mouth of babes and out of the mouth of sucklings has thou hast perfected praise. Hallelujah. Jesus, hallelujah. You know, these uh, lame, these blind, these vulnerable came into the presence of God. Hallelujah. And they praise God. And you know, that root, the root called, the word called Hosanna, its root is actually from Psalm 118. And it is the root word of salvation. That's what Hosanna is. And it basically means, save now, save me, I beseech you, O Lord. That's what Hosanna literally means. Yeah? And you know, when you, when you come into contact with anybody who's vulnerable, anyone who, who, and you know, anyone that is unsaved is vulnerable as far as I'm concerned. 
mm-hmm. whether they're rich or whether they're poor. They don't have to just be sleeping rough on the street. Everyone outside of Christ is vulnerable. And when someone comes that's vulnerable, comes into the presence of God, mm-hmm. yeah, it changes them forever. They will mm-hmm. never, ever be the same. Praise be to God. You know, I remember when I came into contact with God for the well, not, when I say for the first time, I mean in, in that time when I gave my life to him, yes, because God had been ministering to me and drawing me by his spirit for quite a while uh, before I actually became saved. But, you know, once I gave my life to God, I knew in that moment, you know, God changed me 180 degrees. He turned me completely around. So I want to say to you today, don't give up hope on those men and those women in your life who you know need Jesus to be changed. Because on their own and in their flesh, they can't do it. Yeah. Hmm? Yeah. They're just only by coming into the presence of Almighty God can they be changed. Because when I came into the presence of God and I opened my life to Him and I asked Him to come into my life, He saved me from a um, a, a generational uh, lines of of spiral of violence, drinking, womanizing, just living a wanton life of purposeless that's what jesus saved me from and i can testify today i know without a shadow of a doubt that if it was not for jesus christ i would not be here today i know the life i was living i know the way how i was my attitude what i was exposing myself to i know without a shadow of a doubt i would not be here speaking to you today i would be in the grave but because of Jesus Christ and his love, because of what he has done, I will praise him until the day that I die. Hallelujah. Just as these uh, children here, Jesus said, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, you have perfected praise. Because you know when that perf- what he means by perfected praise? It's that praise which is... Um, it's not based on your notes. You know, sometimes when you get into church culture and you're in church culture for a long time, you get hooked up and you get sidetracked. It becomes about the note you're singing in. It becomes how perfect your, your key is. If you're in singing in key, if you look the right way, if your hat is the right way. But when you don't business with none of these things and all you care about is the glory of God in your life and you praise him, that is perfected praise. Hallelujah. When you don't care what happens for the views of the person to your left, when you don't care about the person to the right, all you care about is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Hallelujah. David the psalmist said, My heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise, even with my glory. Therefore, my heart is glad, and my glory rejoices. Hallelujah. And when David was saying that his heart is fixed, I want to say today on the line, it doesn't matter whether you feel up or down. 
Praise God, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. Rejoice in God's glory. Rejoice in God's presence. Uh, Sister Carla touched on earlier her testimony of regardless of how she felt, she was just praising and worshipping God and how it lifted that cloud off her and she felt so much better. Hallelujah. You have to have a heart that is fixed, hallelujah, just to praise him in your trouble, just to praise him in your strife, just to praise him in your your difficulties, hallelujah. Praise God no matter what, hallelujah. Praise God no matter what, no matter what. Praise him, glorify him. One of my favorite psalms is Psalms 34, verse 1, which says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Hallelujah. Only Jesus can turn a man, a boy, a girl, a woman fully around. Only Jesus can do it. Praise God. Praise God. Only Jesus can turn your heaviness into praise. He alone can make your crooked paths straight. He alone can lift your depression in your life. Just continue to praise him. Just continue to glorify him in the name of Jesus Christ. It is God, hallelujah, that has kept you thus so far. Amen. And that's why, you know, we touched on it earlier that to the importance of um, of remembering your blessings. Remember yeah. earlier in the in the service, I said there was a song called "Count Your Blessings," name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Hallelujah! Because you know when you're going through your challenges and you're going through your trials, you know God is working something out. Believe me, hmm? God is working something out for you. It's not going to end how it is now. I'm telling you, it is not going to end how it is now. These lame, these blind, these children, before they met Jesus, they were lame. Before they met Jesus, they were blind. These children were voiceless. But after Jesus came and they met him in the temple, they would change forever. Hallelujah. And it's God, God kept them up to that point. So when they would meet Jesus, they would have that revelation of the glory and the power of Almighty God. Everything that is worthwhile has to go through a testing and a challenge and, and, and a period of 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 challenge Amen. everything is even in nature because when you look at um when you look at uh grape grapes for example grapes to become wine they need to be crushed mm. Mm? grapes need to be crushed to become that wine otherwise Amen. they just end up and they drop on the floor and they become wasted. They need to go through that crushing process to become wine. You know, even olives. Olives have to be pressed to release the oil. To when it's been of benefit, when it become of use to us. Even diamonds and you know, nice things. When you see diamonds, when you see gold, 
when you see silver, when you see all of these things that look nice and they look pretty at the end, they had to go through a period of being put under intense heat and pressure. Uh, that's why, you know, it's, Jesus is described as the potter and we are the clay. And we just got to allow him to mould us and fashion us through the challenges and through the tests so that when we come through, we will be that finished article, that finished earthen vessel that God had intended for you to be from the beginning. He is the potter, and we are the clay. Hallelujah. Praise God. So God is there molding us and fashioning us through all of our difficulties. I just want to say to everybody today, just to continue to trust God, and tr trust him through your process, trust him through your challenges, trust him through your difficulties, hallelujah, trust him through everything that you, he, you are going through, because he will bring you through, he will bring you through, and you will have perfected praise. And with those words, I end the sermon today. Amen. And God bless you all. Amen. 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 Praise God. Perfected praise. Just continue to trust God through your difficulties. Continue to trust him through your challenges because he is there for us when we are most vulnerable, when others don't care. And, and don't even see you. God is there waiting to heal you of all of your illnesses and to bring you forth and to hear your praise. So I just and I just want to encourage you all today to just no matter what you're going through, praise Him. Play play your wonderful gospel worship music. Praise Him in your house. Change the atmosphere in your house. Just glorify him, praise him, and lift up his name. Amen. 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 Have a blessed, have a blessed um, Sunday, saints. God bless you. We'll have a blessed day and a blessed. Bye. 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 Bye.